as all moms do, we constantly are feeling like we're not doing enough. We constantly are feeling like we're, we're a bad parent. It's just, it, I don't know if it, it's society, media, we feel like we have to do all these things. Uh, and I have learned that I am the best parent when I take time for myself. Hey guys, it's Corey from Redefining Strength. Welcome to the Fitness Hacks podcast. So there are always excuses and reasons not to do something. But if we really have a purpose to the healthy habits we're trying to implement, if there's a real value to them, we're gonna find a way to prioritize them. So I wanna talk about how you can get better results faster. In this episode, you'll learn how to overcome those excuses, how to set goals and prioritize your needs so you can rock those results, and even how you can see all the healthy changes that you're making as a chance to inspire others in your life. So the different segments, I'm gonna cover why something is better than nothing. I'm then gonna share an amazing interview with Shauna Verstegen, who is the world champion lumberjack athlete, and she's gonna share some amazing tips about finding your purpose and prioritizing your needs and goals. We'll then cover how achieving your results isn't just about setting goals, but also setting systems. Then I'll share some great macro tips so that you can really make sure that you're dialing in your nutrition to see results while actually trying to live a lifestyle that is sustainable for you. And then I'm going to share a five minute workout that you can do anywhere because we want to bust through all those excuses. So let's jump right in. But I do want to say thank you to everybody who has left a review. If you haven't, please do leave a review. It really helps me keep this uh, fitness Hacks podcast sponsor free. So you don't have any annoying sponsors. You can just listen to me ramble on. But anyway, let's dive right in. Something is better than nothing. I know it's hard to take that attitude because a lot of times we're like, well, how much can a minute of training really add up? A minute of burpees can feel pretty hard. You know, how much can, you know, doing this after I've already had a box of cookies really make a difference? The day is ruined. So we get this attitude of, does it really add up? And we have to remember that yes, 1% improvements do really snowball. And I really like this visual, so I'm gonna share it, and I've actually shared it to my page before, but fat loss results in general is like pulling off of a paper towel roll. If you think about it at the beginning of that roll, you pull off one sheet from it, especially those new terrible ones that have different sizes, and you don't really see any change in the roll. And then you tear off another and then you tear off another. And slowly but surely, you see that roll shrink down. And the closer you actually get to the end of the roll, the more those each like thing you pull off really makes a difference. But it's that snowball of those 1% little changes that truly adds up. So if you're struggling to feel like something is even worthwhile because it feels so small, Think about that paper towel roll and how those little somethings can really add up. And the more little somethings you do, the more snowball you'll actually see. Because we have to remember that little movements forward are gonna keep us progressing forward. And a lot of times it isn't even about what you're actually doing, okay? It's not about the five minute workout. It's not about saying, okay, yes, I end up eating a thousand calories over, so yes, I'm in a surplus. It's just not adding to it, right? It's the mindset behind it a lot of times that's really what makes the difference. It's not so much that you're like, okay, well, yeah, sure, I'm not having 1,200 calories over and I'm only having 1,000. Like in your head, you could say that doesn't really matter, right? You're already in that surplus, but it's the attitude of I stop myself, I move forward. Or doing the five minutes, it's I stayed in the routine. I did what I should when I didn't want to, right? It's the empowerment of having actually done something a lot of times and stayed in the mindset that really makes the difference over even the actual action itself. Not to mention, five minutes can add up if you design strategically. Maybe you do mobility work in that time so you are ready for your training session the next day or it just holds that spot so you stay consistent because the more you do, the more you do. But we have to remember it's not just the actual action itself but the mindset that it really creates. So 
If you're feeling discouraged because you can't do what's your ideal right now, design to do the minimum and realize that something is always better than nothing because it is going to create those healthy habits that snowball. Think about that paper towel roll. You're pulling off one little sheet of paper at a time, but the more you pull off those sheets of paper, the more things add up. So even if you're really stressed right now, if it's a busy season of work, or if you're traveling and you, know you can't track as consistently or meal prep exactly the way that you want, find little somethings that you can do to be better than you would have been at the same point the year before, the year before that, right? Those little improvements are going to add up. Yes, it doesn't happen as fast as we like, but something is always better than nothing and ultimately gonna build that foundation that leads to better results faster. I'm super excited to be joined by Shauna Verstegen today. She is a lumberjack champion log roller and an all-around badass. And we're gonna talk about setting goals, finding your purpose, and being brave enough to stink at something. So let's jump right in. So I'm super excited to get to sit down with Shauna Verstegen and talk about making ourselves a priority, setting performance goals. She is an all-around badass uh, log rolling, right? Right. Yeah, I, I, I have to hear more about that sport too, but let's talk about first setting those performance goals because you've been an athlete your entire life. Yeah, um, I, I can't emphasize enough, and I know competition isn't necessarily for everybody, but getting better at something they enjoy is something for everybody. And obviously, as you well know, so many people come to us trainers and coaches with um, with aesthetic goals. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it, it's, it's important to feel good uh, with how you look. However, those aren't the most successful goals. Um, I truly believe in the, the clients I've had that have had the most success are those that want to excel at something and truly have a passion in, in something that involves moving their body. And it may not be competitive. It might just be something they do on their own and they want to see themselves get better at. Those people are the ones that are most consistent, um, feel like they have a purpose and, um, and truly enjoy what they do rather than um, scraping away at themselves at the gym, trying to look a certain way. I think that's such a key point. So often when we're trying to make lifestyle changes, right? We think, you know, I need to eat well, I need to train. And then we don't actually make it part of our lifestyle that we enjoy. And when we have those performance goals, a lot of other things tend to fall in line where you're like, okay, I want to be able to do a pull-up or I want to be able to take on this race. And so all of a sudden you're eating more in line with what you need because you want to feel good for those things. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it, you're, you're exactly right. How you say it, it falls into place. Um, when I'm in my off season, I'm not competing. Um, I, I will try frantically to eat better and do all these other, but it doesn't always happen because it's, again, it's not my priority. Uh, when I'm, I'm in my competition season, I know what I have to eat. I know how often I have to train and I look forward to it because I know it makes me better. And, um, and it's a, just a very motivating factor. So if someone is looking to set some performance goals because they're like, okay, I do have this weight loss or this gaining muscle goal, what would you sort of recommend they do to find what might drive their passion or purpose? Oh my gosh. It's so individual. I sit down with my clients every six months and we, we tear apart what they've been doing. Uh, we, we pull out activity guides. I live in Madison, Wisconsin, pull out activity guides. We pull out clubs and we literally brainstorm, you know, you enjoy lifting heavy things. Have you considered powerlifting? Um, you love going to the state parks, maybe trail running. And, and we just try stuff. Um, we look for clubs, we look for activities, we look for acti groups. Um, we look for, I mean, I, I, 
do unique sports. So we look for unique sports and, and really with the hope that somebody will find something that, that lands for them. It's amazing just to experiment, right? Like you're not going to be good at it to start. You might not ever decide it's fully your passion. So you might not ever pursue being a master at it. However, in that pursuit of just trying something new, you're going to make yourself more comfortable being uncomfortable. You're going to see yourself become more empowered for other areas of your life. It's, it's an adventure. We always say, be brave enough to suck at something new. I like that. Be brave, it, uh, be brave enough to suck at something new. It's a perfect way of putting it. And in terms of that, like too, I think one of the hardest things when we even pursue performance goals, when we pursue even aesthetic goals, is making ourselves a priority when we do have a lot of family obligations, work obligations. How do you help clients make themselves that priority, find that me time, especially when so many things are pulling their attention? I love that question. I, I work with a lot of moms um, and and I try to lead by example. I have, and, and as all moms do, we constantly are feeling like we're not doing enough. We constantly are feeling like we're, we're a bad parent. It's just, it, I don't know if it, it's society, media, we feel like we have to do all these things. Uh, and I have learned that I am the best parent when I take time for myself. And when I, when I, keep a little bit of my own identity. And, and I, I love those moms that have completely engrossed themselves in all of their children's activities. But for my mental health, I need to also be me. And, um, and, and I help my clients understand that too. Now, a lot of my clients, they've already tried to find me. So they're already taking that first step of, I need to take some me time to embrace my fitness. And then I help them try to find that next step of, you know, what else can you do to make you feel like an individual and, and make you feel um, unique. And, and all we found when we've done that is it's just a great example for your kids. And, and it pushes your kids to want to try more and, and do more and, and be their best. And I was never sure if my kids actually cared that I did gymnastics and lumberjack sports and, and things like that. Cause they always just kind of seemed annoyed that I would go off and do these things, but every once in a while I overhear them talking to their friends that, um, you know, my mom is a gymnast. She can do back tucks. And so then all of a sudden you realize they are paying attention and they do get to watch this. Um, so for lack of, of babbling around, um, we try to lead by example and, and, and let moms or parents or, or people with busy lives understand that having a purpose and seeing growth and accomplishment in your life is, is so fulfilling. And um, you can do that and have a family and, and all the things too. It's a great reminder that we never know who we're inspiring. When you hear your kids like being like, my mom's really cool. She does all these different things. And you, you are inspiring them. You're inspiring them to pursue their own dreams, their own goals, not necessarily take the, the path that everybody takes. And it's something that we can all live by. But you don't always know that. <laughs> so it's nice to hear them whisper their friends things for sure. And in terms of making ourselves a priority, what are some tips just to finding that balance in your schedule? Because I think that's one of the hardest things is, oh, I don't have time. And part of that is not necessarily having owned our priorities in the way that we have. We're trying to find some ideal schedule versus working within our schedule. But how do you help clients find that balance so that they can make these other things to take care of themselves a priority in their life? It's so unique. Um, everybody has a different story and a different life and a different experience. And, and some people have another partner or parent to help them with, with parenting. Some people don't. Um, some people have very uh, demanding jobs. Some people are, are stay at home. 
But what I've found, and and again, this goes with success and fitness and everything, if somebody finds something they're truly passionate about, they will somehow make a way to to find time for that. Um, uh, the same way we sometimes find ourselves lost on Instagram or like somehow I found an hour a day to scroll through social media, yet I tell people I don't have time for things. Um, people will find a way to make time. Um, so it's one thing where we can sit down and figure out where this can happen. Maybe it's a weekend activity. Maybe it's instead of one of our training sessions. Maybe it's something you do at the same time as one of your children's practices. Um, but then soon they'll start to kind of figure it out on their own and and find more ways to carve um, whatever that activity is into their lives the more you do the more you do right and when you find something you're passionate about you find time for it Mm -hmm, exactly and i think it's even remembering that those small times add up going when your your kids are busy with sports and doing something even if it's walking around the field that they're playing at it's the little things versus feeling like we have to hit some ideal that really does make the difference absolutely whenever you can and in terms of let's just even say like meal prep giving getting your family involved do you have any tips for clients to help them try and really make this a part of their family life so the habits feel more sustainable? I love that you just asked that question because I was just downstairs with a recipe and normally my four-year-old loves, he's like our baker. He loves to just help make stuff. And I was going to make this big egg bake thing um, for the for the rest of the week for breakfast. And he was not having it today. So normally my answer would be, oh, we love doing this as a family. Sometimes it doesn't always work out, but absolutely as often as possible, um, um, we try to, and again, life can get in the way, but we try to have Sunday or when we have a little bit of free time, like today as, as a little meal prep time and exactly what you said, making it uh, a family activity. What are these foods? How do we prepare these foods? And what's shocking is when they're involved in that meal prep and the, the, the planning, they tend to want to eat it a little bit more. They get a little more excited about what they have helped uh, create. And that's been one of our solutions for we could do 17 podcasts about trying to get children to eat food. That's not unhealthy. Uh, but absolutely. And, and same thing with your activities too. So my husband and I do adult gymnastics and as often as possible, our kids are in gymnastics as well, but we try to involve them together. So when we go and practice, we let them go do open gym and, and we try to make this stuff as much of a family activity as possible um, to help avoid the guilt of, of not being around them. Um, one of my clients, he got really into uh, Taekwondo and he actually signed up for the same class his nine-year-old daughter is in. So they do the sport together. And of course, she's much more advanced with him, which she she loves. Uh, but again, it's another way, if you are worried about that time, how to bring your family in and make it a family activity. It's definitely making it a shared experience and creating this thing that you're all bonding over too. If they want to do it. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. <laughs> if they want to do it. And that that's actually the key. But it might make you even explore new things that you wouldn't have done if you're trying to share in their passions as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, I do the sport of log rolling and, and we can chat about that. But very often a, a child has signed up for the sport and they've been training with me for maybe even several summers. And then one of their parents decides to sign up. And it's so much fun to see the parent go through the struggles and the child teaching their parent. And the parent sometimes even enters. We have an adult beginner division and competitions and um you're you're right it's it's so much fun but it's it's that creativity and trying new things i think that gets us moving because i think so often we do think oh i have to go work out or i have to do this traditional way of making changes but just by being more active and pursuing these other things like we're gonna see like so many healthy lifestyle things snowball to results that we want 
even if it is aesthetic goals, like weight loss, whatever else, just by being more active. So it's not feeling like you have to go train in a traditional way to see results as well. So that's hitting the nail on the head. So what can you actually get excited about? And, and quite frankly, sometimes I'm not super excited about going to the gym and lifting heavy weights. I mean, I do it. I have a group of friends that I lift with. I like seeing them, but it's not something I get excited about. Before I go to the lake to log roller, before I go to gymnastics practice, I get like, my heart rate gets up. I think about the things I'm going to work on and I'm just excited about it. And then all the other things we do in the gym, just like you said, don't those layer on. Well, I need to go squat more because that's going to help my leg strength for this thing that I'm really excited about. And it, like you said, it all comes together. And um, it's just a matter of experimenting to find what builds excitement. And it is then knowing the purpose behind the other things. And I think that's really the key too. There are going to be habits in everyday life. We don't like, I don't personally like waking up with an alarm, but I do it because I like being up at that time. I like the schedule it creates, whatever else. But it's remembering that you're doing some of these other things because of your main why, and that makes them more a means to an end so that you can do more of what you love. And as a trainer and as a coach, as I'm sure you're familiar, we're constantly reminding our people why. Well, why do we do this particular exercise? It's not just because I wrote it down on a piece of paper. It's because it's going to help you get more rotation in your hips for a better golf swing. And, and whenever we can constantly relate some of the fitnessy stuff we do with the things that we're passionate about, then that makes it more exciting and fun. But even encouraging yourself, if you're training yourself to like, go ask why, like, why is the point? What's the point of including this, right? What's the point of eating? Well, okay, yes, I have this weight loss goal, but it's also going to fuel my body so that I can take on the hikes I want on vacation. So I can feel good to go kayaking. The mobility work that I want to skip is going to keep me being able to be active on vacation the way I'd like, you know, it's, it's reminding yourself of the purpose of anything that you're implementing, not just feeling like you have to go through the motions and probably not just going through the motions will be better too. (laughs) Absolutely. And then in terms of working with your kids on all these things, obviously we don't want to pressure our kids into doing anything that they don't want to be doing. Uh, We want to help them build a healthy relationship with food as well. How do you talk to your kids about why they want to be involved in sports, why they want to pursue some nutritional things so that it's not feeling like it's only about weight loss, but it is about building this healthy lifestyle. So you set them up for success. Yeah. um, Yeah. We, we actually, we, try very hard and uh, to to not discuss weight loss around the kids. Um, but about, and my, my boys are still very young, but at least letting them know, like, what is a protein? Why do you need? Why does your body need protein? Well, when you use your muscles, they need to rebuild. And that's what the protein does. Why do you need this carbohydrate food? Why is this carbohydrate food better than this one? So we try to at least give them the general information. I mean, quite honestly, they're still little, and they're going to eat what they want to eat. And now it's just more of like you said, trying to help them with meal prep and and all of that to to get them to eat well. Um, Also with athletics, it's 100% about fun. And that's been a tricky thing for me as a parent to remove myself from because I was always very competitive. Every sport I entered, I immediately wanted to join the team and compete. And and my older son, who's starting to get at that level now, he doesn't like it. He doesn't like to compete. And I'm just floored. Like, why wouldn't you want to compete? Why do you just want to go and kick around the soccer ball and not have a game or do gymnastics, but not, but, but I'm learning that it's fun for him. And, and I'm also going through an educational process of embracing that. So our big focus with the kids is how can we find movement for fun? How can we spend more time outside? Um, 
let's try as many sports as we possibly can, not trying to be focused on a one sport athlete and focusing on a collegiate scholarship on something right now, um, but make it a social activity that you enjoy and you look forward to. And you can say, hey, mom, I really do want to go in the backyard and kick a soccer ball instead of um, watching cartoons. It's creating that positive association and positive mindset, which I think is so key the earlier on we do it, because that does make then talking about nutrition not just something you have to do because of a negative thing. It's a positive thing to fuel your body, to move your body better, to age well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in terms of competition, I think this is a very interesting subject to talk about because I think sometimes as adults and especially as women, competition isn't necessarily something we're brought up to embrace in ourselves. And it's sometimes even seen as a negative. If someone wants to drive forward towards a goal, like you have to be a little competitive with yourself. How do you foster in yourself personally and in your clients a positive sense of competition where you're comparing, you're trying to grow, but you're also appreciating the wins along the way because most of us aren't going to achieve the results we want overnight. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a tricky one too. Like I, I've never had a problem with competition. I've always loved competing. I've been very familiar with losing significantly more than winning, uh, but it's what's always driven me. If there's a date, this is the event, this is what I'm training for, let's do this. Whereas a lot of people I know, that's not their thing. They do not want to sign up for the 10K or the the tournament or, or, or whatever, but they still like to see the improvements in themselves and be competitive with themselves. So with those folks, we spend a lot of extra time saying, well, what has gotten better about this? So again, I I coach gymnastics. So those measurable skills, we always keep track of skills and the improvements in the skills. And hey, this time last year, you know, you were still working on your cartwheel. Now you're doing an aerial where you're not even touching your hands. So you may not feel like you're much better of a gymnast, but look at this. Um, Or my clients who are running on their own, but they don't want to compete. Well, let's look at your running times or let's look at your running volume or your frequency. Um, Always finding ways to point out um, improvements. So you're right. So even if they may not be a very competitive person, we're fostering that internal competition as we go. I do um, regular testing with my clients that I train as well. And not all testing for everybody, but sometimes we'll do strength testing, balance testing, things like that. And it's really funny to see even those non-competitive people, uh, how serious they get about improving their numbers and and wanting to work hard for that. So always finding a way that makes people feel comfortable, but still fostering that sense of competition either with themselves or with other people. It's having that end date when you can with set like races, different things like that. But if you don't, it's really that tracking of everything, right? It's like, okay, I started here with the cartwheel, maybe even take a video of your first one ever and know that over time you can watch the progress in videos, but it is giving yourself that way to objectively step back because I think we can get very caught up when we, even if we're not competitive, we are competitive. And if we don't feel like we're seeing the progress, it can let us get down and feel like something isn't worth it. So it is having something you can reflect on. Well, and like you said, again, with yourself. So again, if I go back to coaching my gymnast or my even my adult gymnast, like, well, in the span of this past year, I've only gone from a cartwheel to an aerial, but so-and-so is doing it on the beam now. And so stepping it back to, well, this is your own progress and you've still made progress. Any other tips? Because comparison does happen. I think especially if we're, you know, in classes, working out with groups, or we see other people getting results and we're like, 
well, they're kind of in a similar situation. Why did they have this happen at this time? And I didn't. Do you talk to your clients about like how they can refocus on themselves at all? Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. So, so get excited for their, their accomplishments, um, cheer them on and know that they're having similar roadblocks in other places as well. And, and just use, use their accomplishments as a way to fuel your desire to train or again in gymnastics like well did, is that a cool move is that something you want to train for is that a new skill you'd like to develop and then we can can work from there but that's a really hard one that's i mean people are always comparing themselves to other people and there's no easy thing you can say to not um i know i do it every single day um but trying to not let that hold you back and focus on the positive of what you've been able to do well i like that ownership because i do think we hear so often like oh don't compare and it's like but it's natural to compare and it's it weird. Is. And everybody that. does it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been awesome and so many great tips. Any other closing thoughts when we're trying to prioritize ourselves, set those goals for everybody? Um, you know, it really comes down to, I mean, and, and I've seen this in, in all of your content as well, but to become fitter and healthier, it's, it's all about, again, finding your passion, finding something you love, um, finding ways to move in a, in a safe way every day, um, eating a well-balanced diet, um, taking care of your body, making sure you're recovering from what you're doing, getting enough sleep, um, reducing stress. And, and yeah, it just it comes down to feeling happy and fulfilled with what you're doing rather than punishing yourself um, for maybe a way you want to look or, or somebody that you might want to be. I love that. Finding your purpose and pursuing it. Shana, where can everybody find you to find out more amazing information about your workouts, your training, even log rolling and you're rocking it? <laughs> Lumberjack Sports. Um, it's www.myname.shaunaverstegen.com. And I'm on Instagram um, at Shauna, S-H-A-N-A-U-W for the University of Wisconsin. And we will make sure to link out to all of that in the show notes so everybody can check it out because you do some amazing things and it's super cool and different. And I hope everybody now goes, what kind of sports are really out there that I can try that I didn't even know existed? So if you live in Wisconsin, come log roll and try lumberjack sports with us. That can be your new thing to suck at this year. I like it. Be brave to suck at it, right? <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. So I want to talk about not just setting goals, but actually setting systems. And I'm a big advocate of action when it comes to goal setting. I don't like smart goals. I'd rather set strong systems. And it's partly because while it's really important that we know where we want to go, we know that destination. If we don't understand how to get there, if we don't lay out a plan, we're never actually going to move forward, right? A lot of times we set amazing goals and don't actually take that first step. But part of the reason why we don't take that first step is because we don't currently understand where we actually are. So when you think about mapping out, you know, your roadmap to a destination that you're driving to, you set your current location and the endpoint. So in creating these systems, I want you to really assess where you are currently. Even just write down what your lifestyle looks like right now, from your nutrition to your workouts, to your sleep patterns, to your other habits. But understand your current location to really map out the systems that you need, the actions that you need to take to move forward towards your goal. And then recognize that what we value, we prioritize. When there is a purpose to things we are doing, we are more likely to implement them. When you feel like you just have to change your macros or have to work out and there's no value or purpose to it, you're not gonna wanna stick with those healthy habits. So I wanted to dive into how you can set some of those systems to actually move forward towards your goals. 
So in terms of everything, you want to first assess yourself. As I mentioned, it's really important that we understand where we're currently at because we need to meet ourselves where we're at to move forward. So often we design for some ideal for where we used to be, but that's not where we're at right now. And it's not meeting what our actual schedule is. So we're not going to be able to do what we need to do. So in assessing yourself, you're going to create the system that moves you forward from your current location, but it's finding out things about yourself and building that awareness that really creates a sustainable lifestyle. So in this assessment, think, you know, like what are my non-negotiables? What are my priorities in life? Because if we don't own our priorities, they're going to become our excuses. I don't have enough time. Just is simply us not owning what actually is a priority in our life. If your work takes up your time, if your family takes up your time, those are priorities. You're probably not going to shift some of those things, at least not right now. And so you want to think if I'm owning these things, if I'm owning the schedules I need for these things, how can I actually design for the time that I have versus trying to force some ideal schedule? Own those priorities. Okay. And my family life dictates that I have to meal prep in a specific way. Own those priorities so you can plan around them. But you want to own your priorities and then recognize what is non-negotiable in your life. Is that Friday night family meal and game night really non-negotiable and you're not going to eat your you know, pre-planned macro-friendly meal that you have every other night of the week, right? How can you plan around it then, knowing that's non-negotiable? Is your coffee with creamer in the morning? For me, it was dessert, right? What is non-negotiable in your life? And it might seem silly or small, but it's little things that we really do value as part of our lifestyle that so often we cut out first because we're searching for some ideal or trying to push ourselves into some mold. Own those priorities and then own things that feel non-negotiable first. Because yes, what's non-negotiable right now might change, but the more you own it right now and you don't make those changes first, the easier it's going to be to actually see results snowball. So own your priorities, set those non-negotiables, no matter how silly or small they might seem, like dessert, like that family meal, like that coffee and creamer in the morning. And then even realize the, the previous challenges and struggles that you've had. A lot of times it is centered around us not owning our priorities, not planning around our non-negotiables, right? We say, okay, well, dessert's not that healthy. I know I should cut it out first. You know, it's, it's not as quality. I should eat clean, which is a whole other subject. But we don't own those priorities. And so we don't own those non-negotiable things. And we end up cutting them out, which makes us struggle. But think about in the past, what has really sabotaged you from seeing lasting success? Think about the patterns that you've repeated. Think about the things that have been hard. Think about the things that you've tried to do that really haven't worked for you and then dive into why they haven't worked. Don't just say, oh, well, keto didn't work because I like my carbs. Okay, well, what other diets have you tried potentially too that have cut out not necessarily your carbs but haven't worked? Is it really the carbs or just the restriction in general? You know, is it that, you know, those workout programs haven't worked because you just don't have time or because you're trying to force six days a week instead of finding a workout program that's three days a week and 30 minutes? Assess why you've had the challenges and struggles to really understand where you're at currently. And then realize there are reasons for the behaviors that we are doing. We have trained our body to repeat them, our mind to believe in them. And there's going to be an unlearning process with that. So if you eat out of stress, don't just make yourself feel guilty for that. Realize that you sort of train this behavior. You've been stressed. You've come home. You've eaten because it made you feel better in that situation. And while we might feel guilty about that, it's a simple fact that that's what behavior we've now trained. And we now believe that this is a fix for it. So there's going to be reasons behind it that we have to break down, mindsets behind it that we're going to have to break down. It's not as easy as just forcing yourself into a new habit. So after you've assessed where you're at currently, you want to come up with solutions and you want to think about planning these out as much as possible ahead of time, because while it can feel like we're even 
sometimes focusing a little too much more on the negative, the more we oversell the negative, the easier we actually make the path for ourselves. So often we think, oh, well, it's just gonna be easy. I'm gonna jump in. We're even excited and motivated at the start, so it is easier. But at some point, that motivation, that willpower, that self-control isn't gonna be there when we have a stressful day. So we wanna oversell the negative and plan for all these different things. So once you know the challenges that you'll face, the habits that you'll need, you can find the best ways to implement them. So think about, okay, these are my non-negotiables. These are my priorities. These are the struggles I've had. So what's one small change that won't sort of let me fall into the same pattern that I can actually make today. And then remember that you have to recognize why you actually value the change, why you find that this purpose in moving forward is so important to you. Because if the pain of staying stuck doesn't outweigh the pain of change, you're not gonna make a change. And sometimes we can't change the pain of staying stuck. You're not gonna try and cut off your arm to make things worse, right? We don't make our situation worse. But if you can't make yourself embrace the pain more, or there isn't the pain to make the change, then how can you make the change less painful, right? Maybe you're trying to do too many things and that's just too painful to do all those things at once. So how can you take one change that feels not painful to make, right? The pain of being where you are right now outweighs that pain of that change. So don't only think about just the pain of staying stuck, also think about how you can make the changes easier to embrace, okay, as you're moving forward. Then think about cutting out or changing the easiest thing first. As silly as that can feel, as much as we can feel like it's not gonna make any difference, it goes back to the whole something is better than nothing. And then make sure you're working backwards around the things you love. And then even realize when habits are too much to start, okay? But do not feel guilty in doing all of this, even putting yourself first, because you are, you know, as Shauna mentioned, inspiring others in your life to also prioritize their needs and goals. And you're also taking care of yourself so you can better be there to serve other people. I can tell you if I don't do what I need, I am grouchy and therefore not supporting the other people in my life near as much as I want to be. So do not feel guilty for prioritizing your goals. You might be surprised too by how much of you do set that routine. You do block out time for yourself. You actually are able to do even more because you feel really good. And it goes back to the more you do, the more you do, both in a positive and negative direction, right? If we're doing nothing, we're more likely to do nothing. If we're doing like positive things, we're more likely to do more of those positive things. And a lot of times that mindset feels empowering and we go and search for other ways we can help other people. So in all of this too, as you're making these changes, find ways to make them fun and connect them with a purpose and a deeper why. Because if you don't necessarily embrace these changes as part of your lifestyle, you're gonna to wanna to go back to what you were doing prior. And that's not how we maintain the results that we achieve. So while you're not gonna like every change you make, we don't like waking up with an alarm every time, you're not gonna like tracking your food every day, really aligning that with your purpose and your why and seeing it as a means to an end because it does achieve this bigger thing. You get to do more of what you love. You're going to embrace some of the hard, stinky things that you don't necessarily want to do because they're part of that purpose. So I hope this really helped you so that you can start to think about systems to actually achieve your goals, meeting yourself where you're at currently. So I wanna share some macro tips to help you dial in your nutrition without feeling super overwhelmed by even having to fully track macros. And I call this the minimalist macro approach because what we're doing is we're trying to focus on doing the minimum to move forward. It's not sexy, right? We want everything all at once, the ideal, and get results as fast as possible, but ultimately that also sabotages us. And what leads to better results faster is actually at points embracing doing that minimum. So with the minimum, what I want you to focus on is tracking just your protein and just having that calorie range that you're going to stick with, okay? Whether you're trying to lose weight, gain muscle, maintain your results, having this clear 
focus can allow for more diversity, more flexibility, your ability to travel, plan around family meals, but also it will dial you in to be consistent because ultimately what leads to results is consistency. Consistency matters most. I have people comment all the time. Oh, I don't have your discipline. I don't have your willpower. No, 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 no. You just don't have my consistency. And I've built this consistency because I've learned to do the minimum at times that I can't do the ideal. And a lot of times even steering into the skid and going back to the minimum before I even need to, I end up getting remotivated to want to do more. We have to remember that sometimes we push and push and push so hard to do the ideal that we end up demotivating ourselves so much that it's hard to get the momentum to swing back. Okay. So focus on just your protein and your calories, 30% protein. So 30% of your calories, your daily calories coming from protein is a great place to start with your calorie intake based on your goals. Okay. This gives you a focus, but also flexibility. And then think about how you can plan around all the things you love. So in terms of family meals, and you know, that's often an excuse, you know, I can't eat meals with my family. I don't want to prep two different things. You don't have to, right? If you have that protein minimum that you want to hit in that calorie cap, Plan in the family meal first, the thing you're going to cook for everybody, and then work the rest of your day around that. Maybe, you know, a meal isn't as delicious as you would like, but it allows you to, to then eat your family meal, have the sustainable balance that you want so you don't, you don't feel deprived. Or maybe in making that family meal, you make it something where everybody's making their own tacos so you can add extra meat to yours or make a taco and a side salad, right? But plan ahead for how you're going to actually handle these things and hit those minimums. But don't be afraid to even make tweaks to those family meals. Maybe you even get the family prepping new things to try and make more macro-friendly dishes. Or again, you plan in something, you work backwards around it. Or you make tweaks to your specific thing while still working off the family meal so that you can still enjoy the thing that they're all in indulging in. Maybe you have a little less ice cream and you have, you know, a little bit more food at dinner so that you don't crave as much and you're full, right? But realize you can adjust those portions as well while also just planning around it. The same thing sort of goes for meals out or when we're traveling, right? If you're traveling for vacation, you can't, when you're traveling for work, not just vacation, you can't always make the excuse that, oh, well, you know, it's vacation, you gotta live, right? On vacations, yes, maybe we find our balance by saying, I am not tracking at all. This is a vacation, I do this once a year. I am enjoying, right? That, that is great. And that's part of what we can find in our own balance. But if you are traveling a lot for work, you can't constantly use that or you're not going to build consistency. So maybe you say, Hey, these are the dinners out with coworkers that I cannot control as much. Maybe you try and look at restaurant meals to plan those things in, or maybe you just go lower calorie, higher protein in the day so that you know that you'll be able to hit your minimum no matter what you have to consume. Maybe even plan a meal that you know you're not going to track as well with everybody because they're going to your favorite restaurant. But the more we can plan ahead and realize there's so much we can control to hit those minimums, the better off we're going to be. So many restaurants these days do have nutritional information. So many times we can't even pick the place to make sure that we're mapping it in. But then realize that you can make small swaps and it's not even bad to ask at restaurants, hey, can I have this on the side? But think about the little things that you can control to do the minimum and see results while not always having to force yourself to be that person on the diet or hit some arbitrary standard of clean. The more we can really find ways to make tweaks and changes, and again, going back to focusing on that protein and calories in, we can really take that minimalist macro approach and get consistent to see results. While five minutes might not be our ideal, doing even five minutes can really add up, especially if we have only our own body weight, we can get in so much work and really challenge ourselves still. So no excuses, even if you only have five minutes, even if you're traveling, this is a great workout you can do. 
You wanna set a timer for five minutes and then cycle through all the moves. Think about five to 10 reps per move or per side. You're not trying to wear yourself out each and every round, but you're trying to keep moving to build up that volume over the five minutes. So the first move is the single leg deadlift. So when you're doing the single leg deadlift, you're hinging over and you're thinking about pushing that butt back, loading the hamstring and glute, and then you're standing back up. Really focus on actually sitting back, not just leaning forward. If you struggle with balance, you can always stagger one foot back and actually focus 80% of the weight on that standing leg and 20% on the back leg before standing back up. And if you are wondering how to do any of these moves, the YouTube video does show demos so that you can check those out as well if you are listening. But you wanna think about using that movement to really challenge the hamstrings and glutes. If you find it easy, obviously you can add weights, you can add a resistance band, you can even use a mini band looped around your foot and hold on to it, but you can even change the tempo if you don't have any tools. There's so much we can accomplish with just your own body weight. The next move is actually a wall row. So you're going to lean back into the wall and you're gonna drive off your elbows, pinching your shoulder blades together before you relax back down. Pinching your shoulder blades together, before you relax back down. So it's that end range of motion in that row where you're thinking about pinching before you release and you're just driving off your elbows. You can also use a doorway and do a doorway row. It's a great move as well. But if you don't have a doorway for any reason, I don't know how you got into your room, but you can always use a wall for a doorway row. The next exercise is a squat with pulse. So you're gonna squat down, you're gonna come up a little quarter and then you're gonna go down and you're gonna stand up. By changing the range of motion and even adding in that partial rep, we can add more challenge without adding any loads. If you struggle with squats for any reason, you can always sit down to a chair or a bench, but we have to remember we wanna try and uh, train that active knee flexion as much as possible because we have to sit down to a toilet for the rest of our life, or at least hopefully we wanna be mobile for the rest of our life. Then a push-up toe touch. So in this movement, you're going to do a push-up and then you're gonna reach back and touch your toes and then you're gonna come back forward into the push-up position. You're gonna alternate sides. If you struggle with push-ups, you can use an incline, like even the edge of a couch, and then you'll reach back to touch your toe in between, okay? The last move is banana twist. You're going to lie on the ground with your legs out and your arms up, and then you're gonna come up, balance, and do a little Russian twist. If that feels like too much, you can always start with the Russian twist, even keeping your heels down, hinging back, Think about drawing your hip bones up towards your rib cage to get that little C curve so that you're really protecting your low back, bracing your abs, even just staying there. Just five minutes using those moves, you can get a full body workout that really challenges you and get the blood pumping. But remember, this isn't just about the work that you're actually doing in the five minutes. It's about staying in the habit, creating that positive mindset as well and feeling empowered because you did something even during a challenging time. I'd love to hear how you guys did with that workout and if you used it this week. I hope these tips help so you can really meet yourself where you're at currently to move forward because the best results happen when we assess who and what we are and what we need to succeed. Remember, something is better than nothing and we even have to be brave enough to embrace stinking at something, as Shauna mentioned. But use these tips to meet yourself where you're at to move forward towards your goals because you can see better results faster by embracing doing the minimum. Don't just try and stress and shoot for some ideal, but find your purpose, try new things, and have some fun as you make changes. Mm -hmm.